And thank you so much for tuning in today to Ask the Blood Detective. Now, today's show I'm particularly excited about because it's it's so fundamental that every other topic that you can ever really hear, either on my show or any other show, really must first come from the basis of how nutrition works. Hence, the title and focus of today's show is How Nutrition Works. Now, that title and concept on the surface might seem pretty straightforward. I mean, uh, we eat things and uh, it's absorbed in our bodies and then our cells use it and then it builds up health and or we age and then there's the balance between aging and building up and as the breaking down process exceeds the building up process by way of nutrition, that determines our aging. But I wanted to go deeper than that. Um, let's back up for a moment. For those of you that are new to the show, again, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. I'm the Director of Longevity Health at Integrated Nutrition in Mount Kisco. I really would like to hear from all of you, as I have been through email and on my blog, about the topics and concepts that you want to hear. In fact, how nutrition works was a concept throughout most of the questions that I tend to receive on a daily basis. And I, as I look at my computer right now and see my emails, every single concept seems to come back to how does this stuff really, really work? And, and why would a person be interested in how these fundamentals of nutrition work in the body? Well, I think we know the answer to that, but I, I want to say it so that I know we're all on the same page. I think we simply all want to live happy, healthy lives. Some of us don't focus particularly on length of life, but quality of life. I say we can focus on both. I think in life, too, we tend to get what we focus on, or at least our chances of getting that is higher if we focus on a thing. And how then can we obtain health once we know how nutrition works if we don't know some of the intricacies? You know, something that I've done all my life, personally speaking, is I tend to make a very clear mental and emotional picture and develop a very detailed understanding of what it is I want. And I picture that and I, well, frankly, I obsess about it such that it becomes my reality for the most part. So I'm hoping today in this 60 minutes to do uh, something that you'll be able to take with you along the course of all your expo uh, explorations into health and wellness. And that is having a very clear concept of how nutrition works so you can make smarter healthcare choices. So why don't I start first where the definition of nutrition, because again, this is how nutrition works. We might as well call the show how health works. But I'm looking now online, I just Googled nutrition definition, and it says, the process of providing or obtaining the food necessary for health and growth. A secondary definition is food, 
with a semicolon, and nourishment. And a third definition is the branch of science that deals with nutrients and nutrition, particularly in human beings. So let me go back up to the first definition because I think it is the best place to start. So nutrition definition, once again, is the process of providing or obtaining the foods necessary for health and growth. Now that definition, of course, is very incomplete, but it is a starting point. So let me expand on this. You know, the condition of our bodies helps determine the level of the joy we experience in, in life. Uh, I think that, you know, we're issued a body uh, when we're born and it serves us throughout our entire life's journey. Uh, none of us comes with an owner's manual, so to speak of how to operate and maintain our bodies, but over time through, through study and thinking and observation, not only have researchers discovered, but you can discover, again, as your own personal blood detective, some things that can contribute to the smooth functioning of your body. And, you know, going back to what I mentioned about, you know, we're not born with an owner's manual. Well, that's true, but we've learned quite a lot. And each of us can learn more each day. Now, one of the things that I have done through technology is to literally develop, well, pretty much an owner's manual in a sense, of body chemistry. So my blood detective software is used to take large amounts of laboratory data and interpret and interpolate it in such a way to let us know partly how and what we need for health to happen and proper nutrition and nourishment to take place. So in a sense, we can develop an owner's manual. We have to invent our owner's manual, but that owner's manual will change over time. That's just how the body works. But piecing the information together that we gather through a trial and error and what we read and hear has the potential of providing us some, not just general guidelines, but very, very specific guidelines for how to take care of our bodies. And when we use these guidelines coupled with our own personal observations, but in addition to personal observations, I strongly believe we need someone from the outside, like a coach, a nutritionist, a doctor, whatever it is, some healthcare provider that provides a different vantage point and therefore, by definition, will see things and observe things about you that you cannot observe yourself. So the combination of your personal observations about how your body works and how it responds to food and nutrition and stress and environment and so forth, coupled with the expertise of a person outside of you, is the closest thing that I can think of of developing your or creating your own personal uh, owner's manual so you can build optimal health. Now the choices we make about what we put into our bodies absolutely will impact our ability to uh, efficiently uh, reach health and wellness and on a practical level will help us accomplish our day-to-day -day tasks. For me at least, and, and this is true, uh, of many of my patients because I ask them this. I say, what, what is your goal in seeing me and working with me towards building your nutritional health? And part of what they inevitably include in their response to me is they simply want to be able to participate in life fully. So, you know, if we want a high-performance vehicle, we need to provide it with a, a high-performance fuel. 
which means the analogy is if you eat very well, let's say you eat gluten-free or non-GMO and or highly nutritious, organic, uh, farm-raised foods, etc., that's part of it. But remember, as I've said on other shows, we are not what we eat, but what we absorb from what we eat, and, the, and we end up being the consequences of that combination. So our health and disease is balanced out by not just what we absorb and how we use that material, but how well we put it all together over the course of time to match our ever-changing needs. So two key areas to look at, I believe, to accomplish how to build health and to explain how nutrition works, again, the concept of today's show, is vitamin mineral supplementation and herbs and our daily diet choices. And I'm going to start first by discussing how vitamin and mineral supplementation works in the body. In my 26 years or so as a clinical nutritionist, uh, colleagues of mine and researchers have studied the effects upon the body of our dietary choices and nutritional supplements. I have done tens of thousands of laboratory tests and observed and tried things and gotten feedback from, from people that I work with, my patients. And my conclusions are, I, I think, very important that it is both diet choices and nutritional supplements when properly balanced together, that will help us gain our health much more efficiently. Some of my clients and many many of you out there are, are under the impression that, that the diet is the most important thing, but it doesn't have to be diet versus supplements. Why can't it be both and how does that work? So, you know, let me say it this way. If if you were to ask me the, this question, you know, uh, Dr. Wald, if I were to follow an optimal diet, whatever that is, if I were to follow that diet, would I get adequate supplies of all the essential nutrients, including vitamin C and everything else that I need? My answer would have to be, well, you might have an adequate level, probably, but optimal, there's no way. Our environment is far too toxic. Our genetics have been damaged from generation to generation, affecting our nutritional needs. Either we are on medications or we, we are exposed to chemicals and electromagnetic stressors and all sorts of factors in our daily lives that influence how nutrition works in our bodies. Let me say this another way. First of all, too much of our nutritional value in food is lost from the from the garden to the gullet, as they say. Uh, you know, whether it's processing techniques, uh, plus transportation of foods and freezing and storage of foods, the canning of foods, the thawing of foods, the cooking of foods, and almost a, a long time from the from the growth of food uh, from the farm to our table, so many of the nutrients are destroyed. And it's nearly impossible for even the most health-conscientious person to make up for, but we can. Now, there's other factors that deplete the body's stores of, of, of nutrients, whether we're talking about vitamin C or proteins or minerals or vitamins, you name it, such as individual biochemistry, such as uh, physiologic stress, uh, operations, uh, physical traumas from accidents, many, many kinds of illnesses, either lack of exercise. Again, these are the factors that affect how nutrition works in the body. 
environmental pollution, the normal aging process, which I think is a myth because I don't think any of us actually age normally. Literally hundreds of, of medicines, and even if you don't take medicines, the amount of medications that people pour down their sinks into the water supplies, and then we filter the water, but the fil filtration processes are not designed to remove medications. So I don't care where your water's coming from, that, that's a factor. And there are so many other factors, far too numerous to mention or repeat. So food alone, even uh, our optimal diet, cannot and will not assure, in my opinion, sufficient advantages against all of these and other sources of nutritional depletion. Let me mention another factor that affects how nutrition works in your body, and that's hormones. Hormones actually are the primary regulators of metabolism. I want to say that again because you don't hear it much, but it's true. Hormones are the primary regulators of metabolism, and metabolism is a term that means how the body is working and how nutrition works. But hormones are entirely ineffective without the proper vitamins and minerals, which act as cofactors for many of the metabolic processes that produce hormones and have hormones work. Enzyme systems in the body uh, catalyze metabolic reactions. That means they allow them to happen, and they use many different types of vitamins and minerals. So this is another way that nutrition works by promoting proper hormone balance. So let's talk about minerals for a moment. Minerals are inorganic substances. They, they can be found in a combination with each other and, or in combination with other organic compounds. They make up about 4% of your total body weight and they're most concentrated in your skeleton. So your skeletal system acts as sort of a reservoir where minerals go in and out as needed as other organ systems and cells and tissues and glands of the body need those minerals. So this is an orchestrated, uh, beautiful thing that, that the body does to regulate itself towards what we've called so many times on, on different shows, homeostatic balance. But the major role of minerals is to help regulate enzyme reactions. Without enzymatic reactions, nothing happens. Now let's talk about vitamins for a minute. Now vitamins are required in very, very tiny amounts, and they help maintain, again, our normal metabolism, and they help maintain our growth and repair. Now unlike proteins and, and lipids, which are fats, and carbohydrates, vitamins do not provide any energy or serve as building materials. Their most important function is to regulate metabolic processes. And most vitamins, this is what you need, this is the takeaway, most vitamins serve as coenzymes, meaning when an enzyme reaction occurs, picture in your mind when A turns to B, and we'll call that, let's say, repair of any tissue, we need vitamins and minerals to work with those enzymatic reactions. It's not just enough to have the enzyme present. Now, almost all vitamins must be ingested, so they're vital. That's where the word vitamins come from. They used to think that they were amino acids, so vital amines, but we found out that vitamins are not amino acid. But like so many things in, in medicine, uh, it, medicine does not admit it, its mistakes sometimes, so we leave these incorrect terms. But, but anyway, almost all vitamins must be ingested, but some vitamins, such as vitamin K, are produced by the endogenous bacteria in your intestinal tract, your GI tract, and, and then, then it's absorbed. And other vitamins like vitamin A, they're produced in the body when there's uh, the presence of beta-carotene. So let's now segue into 
Well, so what are the, the ideal nutrient requirements and how do the recommended daily allowances or the what are now known as the recommended daily values or recommended daily intake, how do they and what do they mean for uh, where do they leave Americans, basically? So we all know that the U.S. government uh, has an agency, the Food and, uh, and, and Nutrition Board, which studies the recommended levels of nutrients, which they believe are important in, in the so-called healthy diet. And that's what they originally called the recommended daily allowances, or RDAs. Now, uh, in the next few minutes, I'll just refer to them as RDAs. I won't distinguish between RDAs and recommended daily values and recommended daily intakes. Now, during the course of my, again, 26 years or so doing nutrition, I, I believe that overall the, the RDA levels are uh, very much inadequate. Um, look, at any point in time in, in human history, we have a certain knowledge and certain way of viewing the world and our sciences at a certain level, and we draw certain conclusions. And it is a very common and understandable, I think, psychological error that at any point in time we believe, not you in particular, but as a society that you know, we, we've somehow arrived at the epitome of, of knowledge. Um, and I think this is an issue with the RDAs. And if we, we carry forth that old knowledge into the future without critically analyzing it and questioning it, it just simply tends to be wrong. Not to mention that no matter how correct the RDAs could be now or were in the past or might be in the future on some average level, uh, that has little, if anything, to do with what you or I or anyone else might specifically need given their particular life circumstances, genetics, health goals, and needs. So that statement that we have individual biochemical individuality uh, is, is a term by Roger Williams, a, a Nobel Prize winner who discovered a number of the B vitamins, I believe in the, in the 60s, uh, had, had come up with to describe that we are all unique. So we need to be careful of averages. Most mainstream medical physicians are simply not trained in nutrition, and the nutrition that they are taught is very, very basic based on RDAs. And they really do honestly believe that uh, that is what is known about nutrition. But for those of us who study this area, we know that that's simply not true. Let me give you a little bit of, uh, of evidence for that. So the RDAs uh, established by the United States government have estimated that there are roughly 50 known nutrients. There are actually, you know, more than that now. And generally speaking, they provide very, the RDA that is, they provide very precise requirements for some, uh, for some individuals, but not in every instance, as I said. So they, the, the RDAs are basically suggested intakes that are more, more general and serve as a rough guideline only. The way I like to put it is that the RDAs represent the minimum level of nutrients that prevent deficiency disease, but they're not meant to promote optimal health, just the minimum amount to prevent deficiency disease. And even that concept is relative because the the RDAs established by the Food and Nutrition Board 
did some amount of observational studies where they determined that when you dropped below a certain level of a nutrient, a deficiency disease would show up in, in whatever population they, they studied. But that may not have to do with some other population that's under more or less stress with different disease. So again, we can go on all day long about how the RDAs established uh, by the Food Nutrition Board are, are very, very rudimentary at best. But there's been some very, very interesting work that has taught me that certain nutrients are absolutely essential to optimal health at a much higher level than suggested by the RDAs. And in order to discover that ideal nutrient requirement, a number of interesting things have been done. And my blood detector program is based on a lot of this research, but I should say was not involved in the original research. I just need to make that clear as a disclaimer. So. What happened in one particular study that I'm aware is a group of people who already had achieved good health were looked at, so they didn't have any obvious disease. And that group consisted of a thousand dentists and even their wives. And information was gathered by means of a very, very detailed 195-question self-administered health survey known as the Cornell Medical Index Health Questionnaire, the CMI. And I use a adapted version of the Cornell Medical Index. So I start with that questionnaire. Then I speak with the patient and, and go over those questions. And then we decide on specific testing. And that testing is looking at a variety of different organ systems. And then I put the blood work into the blood detective program. And I might also do other non-blood tests. And I put all that together in the context of what is going on with this individual person trying to determine their biochemical uniqueness as particularly as possible and always keeping the health goal in mind. You have to know, as I said earlier in the show, what it is you're working for. And that's how we take these concepts about how nutrition works and how health works and, and bring it to the individual. So back to the Cornell Medical Index, each question is answered by circling a yes or no, and these questions are phrased so that you know affirmative answers uh, indicate pathology, and the clinical findings are based on the total number of affirmative uh, Cornell Medical Index, or CMI, responses. Now, the ideal daily consumption of various nutrients were based on this concept, on the hypothesis that if you are relatively symptomless and sign-free, by the way, a sign is something you see on a person, and a symptom is something that they report to you. So if, if these individuals were basically symptomless and sign-free, then they were considered healthy. Now, the amount of nutrients necessary to be symptom-free was considered the ideal. So this was one of the first times through a very detailed, again, 195-question uh questionnaire that viewed multiple organ systems that identified what is ideal. Now, I should say, no matter how well designed a questionnaire is, it's just a questionnaire. But we piece that together, as I said, by looking at all the other factors, blood work, goals, trial and error. That's how you find what is the most ideal for a person, in my, my humble blood detective opinion. And based on this CMI questionnaire, though, just taking that into consideration, the ideal intake of nutrients appeared to be two to tenfold that of the RDA recommended or suggested daily allowances. That is a huge, huge difference. But 
If you were to ask a traditional physician or healthcare provider like a dietitian that is not trained in nutrition, how much nutrition do I need? They would say the RDA levels, but we know that's not true. That is very, very old and out of date knowledge. Now, let me expand this concept based on other research to why the, nece the necessity, I believe, for supplements. So let's take vitamin C, for example. So during the course of research that I'm aware of, some very, very interesting things were found. For example, it was discovered that by a subcommittee of the Food and Nutrition Board in way back in 1985 that 60 milligrams of vitamin C was the accepted amount of vitamin C for both adult men and women. Even that we should question, but let's just assume that's true for a minute. So how do we achieve that? Well, to satisfy about 60 milligrams of vitamin C intake per day, that would mean you'd have to eat approximately three servings of fresh vegetables and two fresh fruits every single day. Now, some of you are saying, well, I, I do that. And others are saying, well, I do that sometimes and I don't do that at other times. And again, this is just minimal. So according to the best available evidence today from the National, Health, uh, well, the National Institute of Health, only about 9% or so of, of Americans uh, take in that much vitamin C. So they're not even meeting the minimum amount to prevent deficiency disease. If you smoke, for example, some studies suggest that you need to take in at least 100 milligrams, but I think these numbers are far, far too low. I use a product that I, I have named uh, Detox Eliminate, which is a highly buffered form of vitamin C. We don't want to use ascorbic acid when we take vitamin C because, in general, uh, I think people are gravitating towards the lower end of the pH or acid-based scale. They're a little too acid. But then again, until you test someone's blood work, pH, not their urine, not their saliva, you can't really know. So I use functional assessments, tolerance tests for, for many nutrients, as well as blood tests. So for example, if I look at the blood level, the plasma level of vitamin C, and it's elevated, one might say the person has enough vitamin C. But based on other studies, I can tell you that, and picture this in your mind, if you fill up all your cells and your plasma with vitamin C and it's nice and high, you would the way that, that you know you've saturated all your cells is you need to have some spillover of vitamin C in the urine. So I do a vitamin C urine test. And if I see vitamin C in the urine, then I can reasonably assume that the person is, has met uh, the optimal fully saturated vitamin C level. But I take it a step further. I also do tests in the urine of use of vitamin C because, again, we said earlier in the show, you're not what you absorb, you're not what you eat, you're what your body metabolizes, and your metabolic needs change with all those different stressors. So we need to check in once in a while with the different nutrient levels to see what a person needs. Now, this example of vitamin C uh, is very similar to many, many other nutrients. We need to find what I call our functional needs. So my blood detective program compares your laboratory work to the regular ranges that, let's say, any doctor could, could check for everything from cholesterol, glucose, and vitamins, and homocysteine, and metals, you name it. But I've also done research on the optimal ranges based on studies, also the Cornell Medical Index, among other studies throughout many, many different medical and nutrition manuals of what are the optimal ranges of the various uh, things checked on blood work. And I try to move my patient's laboratory work in the super healthy, optimal, or what I also call functional ranges. When you shoot for the best, 
you might actually get there. But if you settle for good, you probably will get less than that, but as high as good. So I find with the types of people that I see that have tended to take nutrients for many, many years and they've eaten extremely well and they've seen many good practitioners, the one thing missing is they didn't clearly define what their goals were, where they wanted to go, and they didn't have testable parameters to make sure they got there. Because just because you're taking all of these great nutrients that you think are great and you might believe they are because all you might know about them is what you've read on the internet or were told from the company, you just cannot know. So this is where the proper testing comes in, the proper testing. Now, any conversation about how nutrition works or how, new, uh, how health works needs to start somewhere, and it really should start with a good multivitamin mineral supplement. So uh, what I use on my blood detective site and what I designed is called multivitamin mineral complex. Now, you can choose to use what I produced or another one, but you want to make sure that whenever possible, the nutrition in that multivitamin is as activated as possible. That means that there's certain forms of the B vitamins, for example, that are phosphorylated there in their active form so that your liver uh, and intestinal tract do not have to bear the brunt of the stress, the metabolic stress activating these nutrients because, again, if you consume them in their activated form, there's less stress and issues. And if you have other health problems, the conversion and activation of these nutrients could be much more difficult. So my, my research with a lot of, uh, of, of patients, both healthy and sick, over many years has, has taught me a few things and uh, I've concluded a few very, very important points that I think uh, each and every one of you uh, should know about vitamin and mineral supplements. So first of all, uh, when, when choosing a, a dietary a multivitamin and mineral supplement, it's, it's always wise to remember that it, it must provide all of the essential vitamins and minerals plus what are very mistakenly named uh, non-essential elements. So when the, uh, the Food and Nutrition Board uh, came up with the term non-essential, they were some, what they meant by that, it's a technical scientific word that means that the body should be able to manufacture these other nutrients as long as it has the precursors. But I can tell you from many tests, and there's many other studies that show this, is that many people cannot make these so-called non-essential elements. And the term non-essential might imply that it's not as important. Again, it's a misnomer and it's wrong. Any, uh, my my uh, vitamin mineral supplement contains these so-called non-essential elements. They are way too numerous to mention in this conversation right here. Now, assuming you're taking an activated uh, multivitamin mineral complex, uh, that supplement should be taken before or during each of three meals a day, but absolutely not less than twice a day. And I mentioned, I believe, during my Vitamin Lies show that for years and years, the American Medical Association, the AMA, had said that vitamins and minerals were a waste of time and a person just needed to eat a balanced diet, etc., etc. And, you know, it's not a surprise that medical students that learn that in school graduate and become medical doctors and they, they believe the information that is provided to them by the AMA. And, you know, why wouldn't they? Some of you are saying, well, why not question authority? Well, it's some. I get it. Uh, I certainly did. But not everyone has that talent or ability. But suffice it to say that this was the rhetoric uh, for quite a long time. And many 
uh, medical physicians uh, still believe this in spite of the fact that the AMA has officially, uh, and this was over 10 years ago or so, reversed their opinion on this and came out with an article that demonstrates that men and women who take just a multivitamin reduce the risk of a variety of chronic degenerative diseases, and they went to list them all in this wonderful article that occurred in a peer-reviewed medical journal, uh, and probably JAMA, uh, in fact it was, and I remember being so struck by this article because for years it was said that there's no studies, there's no studies, and of course I spend hours and hours on uh, the National Library of Medicine uh, website doing research, and there are over three million citations there dating back from 1966 uh, to the present. So there clearly are studies, and then they had about 70 of them on the end of this article. I said, wow, look at those 70 mysterious articles that I thought I was imagining for all of these years. So even though that evidence is out there, and of course dozens if not probably hundreds of additional articles, hundreds for sure, have been produced since then showing the benefits of correctly applied uh, nutrition in, in specific circumstances for certain people uh, is there. We still, a lot of this rhetoric is still out there. So uh, my belief is based on uh, many, many years of practice, uh, trial and error, research and evidence that everyone needs a multivitamin, as I just said, should be in their activated forms. It should be taken either before or during each of three meals, not less than twice a day. That will ensure that you get more than 40 or so nutrients present at the same time in the digestive tract. And that's a situation that is is really uh, has the potential, I should say, for maintaining and promoting optimal health, maintenance of health, and, and repair of body cells, body tissues, organs, and therefore uh, organ sim, uh, systems. Now, the amount of nutrition in a multivitamin mineral of an activated form still will not provide each individual with the perfect amount of nutrition that they need. You know, I see many patients that are uh, new to nutrition in a sense. Uh, they may not be as educated as some of you listening to a show like this. And they'll say to me, Dr. Will, can't you provide like one pill that has all of these things? And of course, when I hear that, it's my job to educate. And that process takes some time, particularly when you have to deal with all this rhetoric out there. But uh, so you should count yourself among the uh, most highly educated, and I think you realize the concept of biochemical individuality, various factors like those that we've and influences that I've mentioned in this show and in my other shows, and I would encourage you to listen to some of them on my blog at uh, www.integratednutritionny.com. Just go to the blog and all the shows are there listed, and you can listen to them, all the different things that influence and tell us and teach us how nutrition works. Now I want to talk about the optimal diet and uh, foods that you should, you should think about eating in general. Now, before I start talking about specific foods that you might want to think about eating if you're not eating them already, there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to consume uh, some of these foods. So here's a disclaimer that any of the information that I'm giving in this show or any of my shows is for your education. 
if you uh, work with a qualified uh, nutritional consultant or, or a dietitian or clinical nutritionist or what have you, uh, you may have food allergies that need to be considered. Maybe there are reasons for you to eliminate gluten or GMO foods or other foods that are uh, or food combining in certain ways or consuming foods that are higher in certain nutrients given your deficiencies or insufficiencies. There are any number of ways that your nutrient intake may need to be adjusted uh, in context with what I'm going to speak about here. But what we know of studies that looked at healthy people like the Cornell Medical Index was that the healthy people tend to take a, a balanced vitamin and mineral supplement, number one, and that, and that will have the potential of, of augmenting the diet and, and improving health uh, in a beneficial way. Now, the effect that a diet tends to make on individuals is by a further promotion of well-being. Uh, it tends to have higher healthy uh, protein values. They may need to be uh, as many as 10 times or more higher than what the National Research Council that uh, had a part in setting the basic fundamental protein intakes had said. And there's a big difference also between how or the metabolic effects, I should say, of what we refer to as refined and unrefined carbohydrates. So it's lots of studies that show that the, the optimal uh, daily refined carbohydrate consumption should be basically zero. We do not want refined and processed carbohydrates. We don't want the white flours. We don't want the simple sugars. The healthier subjects in these studies, uh, many, many different studies I've read and, and uh, surveys of, of individual patients show that the greater the complex carbohydrate consumption, the greater the, the drift towards more optimal health and well-being. Now, the consumption of uh, you know the typical American dietary pattern of a decreased consumption of complex carbohydrates, which are starches, and this increased consumption of the simple carbohydrates like sugar is not only in the United States, as we all know, but it's spreading throughout the world uh, like a disease. And these eating habits tend to reduce uh, the level of protein and vitamins and minerals and other phytonutrients and many of them are much, uh, it is higher, I should say, in simple carbohydrates and, and low in nutrients and fibers. We are seeing a, a substitution of sugar-rich foods by individuals for more nutrition, uh, nutritious ones, uh, which further promotes nutrient deficiencies. Now, when we talk about blood work as a blood detective, I do not simply want to see levels of certain nutrients average or normal on a test. Depending on the nutrient and depending on the person and the condition and the health goals, I may want levels of nutrients much, much higher in the blood. But a traditional physician might look at those and say, oh, well, the level's high, so stop taking that or uh, something like that. So without any wherewithal of biochemical uh, individuality. So let's talk about this so-called optimal diet. Now, again, I use a variety of tools to figure out what a person's diet should be. I look at their food logs. I make some calculations. I look at laboratory work. Once I do a very detailed health history, we do the testing. We do some trial and error. We figure out what we can do with foods and how we can augment with supplementation. But my so-called blood detective optimal diet is, is not a diet at all. It simply spells out the optimal eating habits for optimal living. So there are, no, there are no calories to count and no need to measure or weigh out 
servings or portions. So the foods are simply categorized into three groups, foods that you can eat a lot of liberally, foods that you should eat sparingly, and, and foods you probably should avoid. And the portions should be adjusted to suit your appetite and your health goals and even your body composition from which I learned metabolic rate and your percentage of muscle, water, fat on almost every show that I have talked about. I mentioned the importance of body composition as a fundamental biomarker test to develop the basic dietary needs. And we know from uh, body composition that the an increase in lean body mass is associated with a far greater uh, length of life potentially by offsetting early onset of many chronic degenerative diseases and an increase in uh, health, uh, the feeling of health and well-being. So again, the portions are adjusted based on, you know, is a person overweight, are they underweight, what are their special nutritional requirements, and all these things are adjusted and readjusted based on metabolic tests and, and uh, again, trial and error and that sort of thing. So it's especially important, so this is uh, the, the practical part of this. Uh, because again, we're talking about how nutrition works. So nutrition that is more natural works better in the body. So it's very important to eat foods that contain nutrients that enhance the body's defense systems. The, these are called resistance factors, and they include protein, the unrefined carbohydrates, essential fatty acids, that, that's the omega-3 fats, but particularly DHA. So I produce a highly concentrated DHA, docosinohexanoic acid, liquid, which we need to establish health of cell membranes and the nervous system and the brain. It's an anti-inflammatory and pro-hormone. And of course, we want our vitamins and minerals, which you'll find in wholesome foods. But again, in my opinion, never enough, uh, particularly if we have other health goals. So the, the first choice is obviously our fresh foods. The second choice are frozen foods. And the third choice is our canned foods. Uh, but, you know, vacuum-packed and freeze-dried foods and dehydrated foods do retain quite a lot of nutrition, and I would consider them uh, very adequate um, uh, to include in the diet. Uh, vacuum-packed, freeze-dried foods can be stored for very long periods of time. We do not want them to have uh, preservatives such as BHT and BHA and sulfites and sulfates. So the foods that we would think of eating liberally uh, again, unless there are special dietary concerns, would include beans, like the, including dried beans and, and berries, and uh, unrefined uh, brown rice, and low-fat uh, raw cheeses, uh, non-GMO corn, uh, free-range produced eggs. And in my opinion, those free-range eggs should not be fortified with a flaxseed oil if you scramble eggs over high heat because those unsaturated flax omega-3 oils, omega-3, 6, and 9 oils, they will saturate under heat. So I don't like them added to the eggs. I, I have my patients use DHA oil on the side that I feel is far better than uh, EPA, DHA in most cases, and certainly flax oil, although I'm not saying flax oil is bad, it's just that flax oil requires several enzymes and a lot of nutritional cofactors to be properly used. And in certain conditions and a few cancers, like prostate cancer, it might actually uh, be harmful. And then if you're going to eat meat, it should be organic free-range uh, meats, obviously. And if the same thing with milk. Nuts should be raw because if we eat uh, the roasted nuts, you saturate the fats. 
And if we're talking about peas, uh, I, that includes, of course, uh, dried uh, peas as well. Uh, potatoes, the sweet and, and Irish potatoes are great. Uh, poultry, again, these are in the, in the foods to eat liberally. Unless you're a vegetarian, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, raw seeds, vegetables, uh, whole grains, uh, again, preferably the non-gluten grains uh, like millet, for example, and then any uh, breads that are made from uh, the grains that uh, contain the types of grains that you want to avoid. Now, in terms of foods that you should eat sparingly, and again, this list may sound pretty basic to some of you, but I want to reinforce that these concepts of foods to eat liberally and foods to eat sparingly are, uh, many of them were based on that survey of those thousand dentists that appeared healthy and the level of nutrition and, and health habits that they had. And these have been backed up by many, many studies, not to mention a, a lot of common sense, which unfortunately is, is not so common. But the list of foods that should be eaten only on a limited basis, very, very limited basis, if not at all, should be animal fats and chocolate and cocoa and, and coffee in most cases, the hydrogenated fats, the margarines, the peanut butter, uh, coffee whiteners, convenience foods and shortenings, salt, soft drinks, uh, particularly the, uh, again, soft drinks like phosphorylated ones with phosphate, which uh, just denature your bones and give us osteoporosis and osteopenia, uh, caffeinated soft drinks, uh, sugar, and, and those crappy store-bought teas unless they're natural teas. Now, even if this is basic for some of you listening, this may not be so basic to others. So I would encourage you to forward the show uh, to other people by uh, providing the link on my blog, which again was at www.integratednutritionny.com. And I'd like to say again for those just joining us, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. I'm known as the Blood Detective. You are listening to Ask the Blood Detective. These are the questions and the answers that you, the listening audience, wanted me to explore. So you want to spread this information out there. I should also mention in terms of diet that almost everyone, I believe, would benefit from a significant reduction in salt intake, especially people with high blood pressure or a tendency for uh, fluid retention. You know, the craving for salt, it's an acquired one like sugar, and it's very, very difficult to overcome, but I tend to provide uh, dietary suggestions and, and food timing principles and supplementation, and this really helps a lot of these biochemical social uh, craving issues. And then when you eliminate all these refined and processed sugars and salty foods, your taste buds, they just come alive again and you can really appreciate uh, the taste of foods again. I would encourage you uh, to listen to my show, uh, Sugar, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, where I list all the, the horrible things that uh, refined and processed sugars do to us and make mention to those of you who have not listened to that show that sugar is not sugar. Fruit sugar in the form of fruit is not to be avoided unless there are specific reasons like allergies to those, uh, to those fruits. Uh, but there is this thinking out there, even among the holistic community, that sugar grows fungi and all that in fruits. This is nonsense. Um, you don't have to believe me. I want you to become your own blood detectives. Send me your thoughts, your criticisms. If you don't believe or need evidence for something I'm saying, listen to that show before you judge. Now, of course, I would think that it should be obvious that, that people shouldn't uh, eat and they should avoid uh, drinking or eating anything that might increase their likelihood of poor health or disease. But I find that most people haven't a clue of, of what these foods really are. So here's just a partial list. Uh, alcohol of any type is a toxin. 
um, these so-called French studies showing reduction of cardiovascular, th- those are not studies. That is an absolute lie. Uh, artificial flavorings, no good. Highly processed, refined grains, uh, whether it's rye, wheat, rice, oats, or GMO corn. We don't want sugar-high foods. We don't want those athletic beverages unless you're an athlete and then you want healthier versions. Things like bran muffins and, and, and cakes. Again, when these aren't made with the holistic mindfulness, uh, these are bad candy, uh, candy treat potatoes and chocolate, of course, chocolate milk and chocolate sauces and coffee cakes and custards and fruit drinks, uh, most frozen desserts, uh, fruit in syrup, whether it's canned or frozen, uh, graham crackers, milkshakes. I mean, look, the list goes on and on. I'll give you a couple of others. Uh, uh, sweet rolls and sherbet and sweet syrups and sweetened breakfast cereals and sweetened yogurt. This is, this is just a partial list. I couldn't possibly review all the bad things. When I meet with an individual, that is when I find out what they should avoid and what they should be including and what supplements they should take. And then we tighten that list up so that it is doable. One does not have to develop a neurotic lifestyle to live healthy and to overcome many um, symptoms and, and health issues that have, that have basically stolen uh, the quality of your life. And, and some of us have settled for uh, certain limitations, uh, which I find sad because personally my goal is, and I'm nearly 51, uh, is to continue to run and to lift weights and to hike and to travel and even to eat some not-so-great things once in a while because my metabolism can handle it. And I take my supplements and I check my laboratory work on a, on a reasonably regular basis and I make ongoing adjustments because that's life and that's the life that I want. So each of us owes it to ourselves to decide what our health is worth, to invest some time, sometimes some money, and, uh, and again, that time researching, figuring out your needs so that you reach those goals for as long as possible. You know, the, the public has a, a long way to go. You know, I, I met, I, I've met with people, for example, who, uh, you know, when they read labels, they, they're fooled uh, by certain phrases. I'll give you an example. It'll say enriched flour, and they'll say, wow, enriched. Doesn't that mean it's got more nutrition? So what that means is that one or more of about 20 vitamins and minerals and, and essential amino acids have been removed um, as wheat, for example, is transformed into white flour. And then they add about four back. So that's vitamin B1 and B2, niacin and iron. And wheat is stripped of many essential nutrients uh, in the refining uh, process. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to think, I said, why, why do they call this bread Wonder Bread? And then I asked my dad, he says, well, because uh, they wonder what's in it because it's crap. <laughs> my dad was a nutritionist. I've mentioned this before. Uh, and a chiropractor, he was on the Carlton Frederick show very often, good, good friends with him. So he knew these things. And he would teach me these little things. He really got my, my interest going. So I, don't, uh, I should mention, too, when we're talking about how nutrition works in eating, I should mention something about uh, preservatives. So... Many, many preservatives create uh, some very serious health problems. Um, and even though some of us have cleaned our diets up in the recent, let's say, years, decade or two, we may have grown up eating a lot of these things. And sometimes we still have a lot of cleanup to do. Not, not that the original uh, preservatives are, remain in our bodies, but the ill effects on a cellular level might. And they may be added onto as we age. So, But there is a carcinogenic 
a potential of several of the uh, preservatives commonly used today, uh, particularly of the, the nitrites and the nitrates, which are present in bacon and ham and, and all kinds of uh, pre-sliced and, and packaged sandwich meats and corned beef and canned luncheon meats and bologna and salami and frankfurters and liverwurst and smoked fish. Read the labels. You don't want sulfates. You don't want sulfites. You do not want any preservatives at all. Yes, it's true that foods without these preservatives tend to cost more. More. That's because they are worth more. And to, to close off uh, today's show on how nutrition works and how health works, we need to accept that many of our bodies are nutritionally depleted, or if they're not depleted, they're not optimally nutritionally nourished, and uh, for a number of reasons, but fundamentally because of years of either neglect or not neglect, many of you have made tremendous efforts to manage your health because I've met many of you. But if you don't know your biochemical individuality and how your body responds to nutrition, you are not maximizing your health. That is if you believe that nutrition has a role in that. Uh, we do not, I do not believe that foods alone can do it. And I would encourage each of you to, to listen to my show called Vitamin Lies, where I discuss the fact that the majority of store-bought nutrients, no matter what you might think you know about them, which you've learned from the media, uh, no matter what the label is, uh, are inferior. They have very dangerous substances. The New York State Attorney's, Attorney General's Office, I believe it was last year, which I mentioned in the Vitamin Lies show, uh, surveyed many of these store-bought nutrients and found that they contained everything from asphalt to cement to chrysanthemums and did not have most of the supplements what the label even said. Many of you cannot wrap your heads around this, but if your health is not where you want it to be, if you have been taking what you have been taught or think are the best supplements, if your chemistry isn't changing, if their health is not improving to the, the optimal level that you want, then you might want to consider that this is a possibility. Uh, I am not saying or claiming that my supplements are the best on the planet, but they are the best that I can do. And I've looked out there and produced supplements and produced supplements for people, uh, custom supplements as well, that are as good as I can possibly make them uh, with ingredients that are uh, of the highest quality that I can find. So having said that, I want to mention uh, a list of my top nutritional picks uh, and before I do, I want to just emphasize that, you know, we live in an age where, you know, much of the nutritional value of, of our foods is lost uh, due to uh, processing of those foods, as I've said, and uh, preparation conditions and transportation. And then we have health issues. Many people, particularly those 50 and over, are malabsorbing. They're not absorbing normally. There are many different types of malabsorptive conditions, celiac disease or non-celiac gluten intolerance or just two of them, then there is, is indican overproduction, which is a malabsorption uh, issue, and uh, gastric parietal cell antibodies. The list goes on and on. I tend to check all these. And in addition, you know, our lives are filled with all sorts of mental and emotional stressors that you know our ancestors, uh, even 100 years ago, did not, I mean, they had their own stressors, no doubt. But what we're facing today is, is just unprecedented. So right now, today, if, if optimal health is one of your goals, uh, and, and if we follow an optimal diet, one that 
we need to adjust over time that's of high quality vitamin and mineral and, and phytonutrient, that means plant nutrition, uh, that is no longer possible, in my opinion, from even the best diets. We need to supplement our diet. We have to supplement our meals. That's what we need to do uh, for good health. So here are my top picks uh, quickly. Uh, number one, I have produced four uh, superfood powders, uh, detox one, two, three, and four, that have different concentrations of nutrients. I generally start my patients on a half of a scoop of each of these mixed all together, diluted in water to taste. You could read more about those on uh, www.blooddetective.com, and that's D-T-O-X. Uh, one, two, three, and four. That's a basic because that's dehydrated uh, live uh, plant products with electrolytically rich uh, nutrition. And then I tend to place everyone on a minimum dose to begin with of alpha lipoic acid combined with carnitine because carnitine helps to uh, the, the use and the yield of alpha lipoic acid which is a very potent fat and water soluble toxin which helps maintain lots of different cell membranes very good for liver detoxification chelating of metals helps protect the nervous system and then I'll put them on amino complex because we need all those essential and the so-called non-essential amino acids for a pair of a lot of tissues. Several of those amino acids are key factors for detoxification. And for those of you who have not listened to my uh, detox show, I would appreciate if you would do that. You're going to hear things about detox you just you may have never thought about. And because blood sugar is so fundamental for everyone and blood sugar dysregulation tends to be associated with lots of health problems, we want to prevent it. So we watch our diet, of course, we exercise, and we take uh, blood sugar balance at the minimum dose suggested on the bottle. That's what you start with. But until you meet with someone to really figure out your individual needs, you start with what it says on the bottle as long as there are no other contraindications. And I'm supposed to tell you, too, if you're on any medications, you need to be seeing someone who knows about drug-nutrient interactions, which may be adverse, but many of them are even synergistic. If someone's going to take medications, then uh, there are many nutrients that can improve the effects of medications. And then there is detox, D-T-O-X, eliminate, which is my highly buffered vitamin C, and again, vitamin C is the major nutrient stored in, the adrenal, stored in the adrenal glands, which are your stress glands that help you deal with physical, emotional, mental stress, the stress of disease, dis-ease, and a normal and so-called, uh, well, so-called normal aging, although few of us age normally. And I generally start people on a level teaspoon per day of buffered powdered vitamin C in uh, two to three ounces of, uh, of water per day. You want the powder. It has a larger surface area when mixed up. Uh, in a liquid to help coat the intestinal tract for local healing as well. I mentioned earlier in the show using DHA liquid. That is my favorite fatty acid. That is important for brain health, uh, offsetting uh, the possibility of dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, And DHA, that omega-3, is important for all cell membranes of every tissue that has a cell membrane. Cell membranes have to do with letting toxins out, nutrients in, hormone signaling, so many differing effects. Again, I generally start with about a tablespoon, but I like to base all the doses of supplements on my medical screening questionnaire, my personal conversations with patients, their health issues, any medications they may be on. But these are reasonably safe doses, but a person should not be taking an omega-3 if they're on any blood thinners like aspirin or Coumadin, for example. Then, of course, the multivitamin I mentioned in in activated forms, uh, my multivitamin mineral complex. You follow the directions on that bottle. We want a very high yield 
a live probiotic, and I name mine Superbugs, and I start my patients on that because we need to have the small intestine with a flood of healthy bacteria that set up a healthy ecology in the small intestine because the small intestine is where our absorption, for the most part, uh, takes place. And uh, two other final thoughts, detox, D-T-O-X, absorb enzymes taken uh, with foods. Sometimes I adjust how they're taken for particular individuals. Uh, one or two per meal will help digest your foods, creating less digestive stress and enzyme depletion on your part. The body has a limited number of enzymes that either uses them for digestion or it uses them for other metabolic repair. So if you take exogenous enzyme in the form of supplements, the thinking is, uh, one of the theories is that that helps reduce the stress on your body and you absorb your foods better. Uh, enzymes should be a combination of protein, carbohydrate, and fat-digesting enzymes. And enzymes are also anti-inflammatory as well. They might even digest, some research shows, antibodies, which are, uh, are basically autoimmune disease happening. And finally for today, uh, milk thistle or silymarin, uh, again following the directions on the bottle, is a very important fundamental liver stabilizer, but it does many other things in the body as well. And then the combination of all these supplements synergistically together with an optimal diet as best as you can do is, in my view, fundamentally important. We go a step further as blood detectives by looking at the chemistry, adjusting things on top of that, and that's how we can live, uh, or at least it adds to the possibility of us living a life that we love and a life that allows us to participate in it fully. My name is Dr. Mike Wald, and please join me for our next show, which is entitled Immunity Boosting Now. With the weather out we're having there, that's another stress. We might need to go a little bit further because if we don't manage symptoms that we develop, it depletes us further, so we want to address those issues right now. Please come see me. If you need a good health care provider, you can call my office at 914-242-8844, Integrated Nutrition in Mount Kisco. See you next time. Oh, and one more thing I almost forgot. I want to invite each and every one of you to attend the grand opening celebration of my brand new Holistic Health Center on October 26th. Please mark it down. October 26th, that's a Friday. We start at 3.30, we end at 6.30 p.m. I'm located an hour north of New York City by the Metro North or by car. And what you'll experience is all these new and cutting edge holistic uh, assessment tests and displays. You can sample vegan and vegetarian foods and delicious nutritional drinks. And of course, socialize with like-minded people. And I get to meet you, which would be just wonderful. So you RSVP by emailing me at info at blooddetective.com or you can call me at 914-552-1442. But on second thought, no, don't call me. I'll be inundated with calls. Email me at info at blooddetective.com and I hope to meet so many of you there. Again, October 26th from 3.30 to 6.30. Bye, everyone.